Mike, what I want to talk today about then is a social media strategy and a branding strategy that you can create as a real estate agent or an entrepreneur that attracts the customer that is your ideal um, consumer base. And when I think about that, realistically, you are uh, world class at this and you've, you've really built your business on a target market and on creating a really um, repetitive and consistent brand about who you are and who your target market is. So w- when I think about creating a strategy or when that, when we talk about that, how did you set intentionality to it and how would you advise others to do it? Well, um, the, the way I look at this is when you're okay. I like to tell stories. I keep, I tell stories. Okay. When you go buy a car, and I'm looking for a particular car and I'm looking for that car and, and, and I've never paid attention to that car before. But then when I'm interested in that car, I then see that car over and over again. So my philosophy is most real estate agents advertise a house. They advertise a three bedroom house. They'll advertise a two bedroom, two bathroom house. But if I'm not looking for a three bedroom or a four bedroom house, if I'm looking to stop paying rent that they hear my message or what if I'm looking to whatever that is. So if I continue to repeat that over and over again in my message, I will then become known for that. I want, it's all mind share. I just, I want to be a part of that in the top three. So I guess what I hear you saying is you're, you're telling a story that appeals to your ideal customer. Yes. And, and how do you know who your ideal customer is? How did you establish that? So a lot of realtors try to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And so we're not everything to everyone. So um, I'm just comfortable. Ha- you know, I was really comfortable starting off working with first time homebuyers. So I crafted my message around working with first time homebuyers. And then I was able to take that and now my first time home buyers are buying homes again. So I was able to then grow my business uh, with, you know, using that message. And what I hear you say then is once you identified your target market that you were educated in, really, as you, you said, it. you were comfortable working with yeah. a first time home buyer. And, and so that became your target audience because it was what you knew. Hey, they didn't know anything and I didn't know anything. (laughs) So, so you, you have your, you have your ideal customer. Um, and then you started creating stories to, to tell repetitively around that, what that target market was feeling or what they were going through or what they were facing. Absolutely. So a lot of, a lot of what I do is I, um, what, I think the the shift in my business was when I started highlighting my clients. So I'm really, I'm not an ego guy. So I'm really weird about putting myself out. So when I started putting my clients out on social media regularly with that message, it seemed to resonate with clients. They could see themselves in my clients. And, and what do you think that the, what do you think that they, were feeling or what do you think that they were going through? So you were targeting some sort of feeling or some sort of emotion, most likely. Totally. It it was stop paying rent. So that in itself, every time when you make that payment and you then see my posts on Facebook, that evokes a certain response. 
And so I, I've had people tell me story after story how something had happened in their life. Uh, and then they got on social media and they saw my ad and they just like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of living in an apartment. I'm tired of, you know, you know, making someone else, you know, wealthy. Um, I'm going to stop paying rent and they would call me. And so I'm not necessarily mark. Now I do market properties and houses as well, because I think that there, there's, um, there's definitely a need for that. But if you want to just attract people, just say a message over and over again and just make sure that you have that mind share. This is this is interesting because my my mind is going a million places when you when you talk about that. There are so many examples around stories being effective um, that have just been perpetrated throughout history for so very long. And and anyone who knows me and has seen me um, teach in in person or or been on a Zoom, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is how. I am I am just really genuinely intrigued and um, and attracted to the business model of the Christian church, and 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 just breathe through that for one second. Yeah, okay? no, it, yeah. I'm not saying it, this is not a religious conversation. This is merely saying that there is a business of religion. Okay, and so is. what what is one of the most fascinating and amazing, probably the best business model of all time is the Christian religion. And that's, I'm sure there are others that are as effective or more effective. That's just what we're, you know, that's what is sowed throughout our, um, our community. And so it, when I, I was thinking the other day, what causes one person to go to one specific church when the other church, when there's another church across the street or on a street corner nearby, when they're both really selling and telling the same message. Yeah. And, and yet they're telling the message over and over and over and over. The Bible hasn't changed, right? The church has been telling the same narrative for 2,000 plus years now. Right. And so your concept of always telling the same repetitive narrative shows up in society over and over and over. And yet most of us miss that. What, what caused you to kind of realize that and, and understand that that was the direct path to getting results? I, it's it, like I said last week, I alluded to the whole Coke analogy in the billboard. People get it reversed. You get this postcard in the mail and I would call, you know, how many people ever buy anything the first time they see it? You just have to over and over and, and do it in a way that's non-intrusive. You're not turning people off, but you just have to have that message over and over again um, for it to sink in. It just takes time to sink in. Um, so I just came to that uh, conclusion or fairly early on uh, because to be honest with you, I'm so, I was so busy. I just copied and pasted, copied and pasted, copied and pasted. <laughs> and it ended up being like a serendipitous, you know, uh, mistake or not a mistake. Yeah. Something that happened is just, I just would do it over and over again. I have time to really think things through and I did it and it stuck. So well, you know, one of the things that we aim to do um, on this podcast is to give real estate agents and entrepreneurs clarity. And and through clarity and through simplicity, what you end up with is is desired outcomes. Yeah. And what I hear you saying was, is you were really clear on a simple message. Yeah. And because you were strapped for time, you actually oversimplified it by just copying and pasting the same message over and over and over. And, and you you hit on it right off the top, which was, Agents oftentimes 
and business owners oftentimes lack clarity around who their customer yeah. is and therefore they attempt to be all things to all people. We talked about that luxury econ or economy luxury. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so what are, what are the biggest failures that you see other business owners and real estate agents um, doing on a repetitive basis when it comes to social media then? Um, not, okay. There's a couple, there's a, there's a few, um, not doing it enough. Not, uh, so it's like going to the gym, you go to the gym, you go for a week, nothing's changed. You got to keep going. Um, it's about routine. Um, uh, also I see people, they'll post ads on Facebook or social media and they won't go anywhere. They go to a very, um, busy website, but there's no way to c capture their information. The objective is to convert someone it, with me is I, I try to convert leads or get, get leads to convert. Um, but a lot of times I'll click on a link and it just doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing for me to do. There's no, there's no way for you to capture my information. So, so I hear that as a, as you know, the traditional marketing strategy of there has to be a call to action. What yeah. is your call to action? Because usually I'm like you where I see something and then if I've got to like register my information, I leave. And so you obviously are capturing a lot of people's information, which means you're differentiating your call to action. What does an effective call to action look like or tactically um, function like? Uh, well, what it does is it has to pique their interest. You want to, you want to, you're always trying to push the conversation forward. And the people, the issue with social media is a lot of times people will, just stop at posting something on social media. They don't, the call to action is designed to move that to capturing their information. So there's a couple of ways I do it. Just the, the one thing that I was able to do to break through was to make it about my clients. So I would post about them. I would post their stories and their stories were compelling and people after consistently time in time and again, I get legitimacy, brand recognition. They know who I am, and then I started capturing more. It just builds on itself. So, in your business, you you initially started crafting the call to action as stop paying rent, right? And this was specific to the first time homebuyers paying, correct? Yes. Which means, you know, for someone who's who already owns a home or doesn't want to stop paying rent they probably weren't clicking through on your um, on your lead capture page, right. I'm assuming. Right. They weren't. But I was okay with that. That's right. That was my lane. Yeah. So now that, that kind of paints you into a particular corner, so you have to strategically, you have to be able to, to recognize that and you have to be able to overcome that. Um, so... Um, that's what, that's what we're doing now. So I, I feel like you get in your first time home buyer, you generate leads, you build legitimacy within yourself and brand loyalty. Then those leads will then convert eventually into move up leads. And then it just, you grow, your business literally grows with your clients. Are you still targeting that same demographic then? I do, but I do other things. I do, um, I actually, um, I do still target, uh, stop paying rent because that's, you know, my bread and butter. But what it's allowed me to do is I'm working on, uh, I don't want to put on a podcast, but I'm working on other targeted messages that I can then 
You, y'all yeah. can't take all my stuff, but you guys are going to know soon enough because I'm almost done with it. So then I'm going to start beating y'all in the head with another message so then I can diversify my portfolio if that okay. makes any sense. So, so what I hear you saying, though, is you're not abandoning your um, effectiveness, which is the repetitive, which is the repetitive message, but you have to create a secondary brand or a secondary message that targets a different audience. Yes. Okay, so... You, you build on repetition by going really deep on one niche. Yes. Uh, and then once you feel as though either you've saturated that market or you you want to gain more um, mind share and more of the, of the market, then you're diversifying. Right. And you leverage, eventually I'd like to leverage all that out. So it's not just me yeah. doing it. I got a marketing company and then I've got multiple channels driving business. So then when I look at it as a business owner that goes, Michael Bounds started as the first time home buyer expert. And then you can replace yourself now that your expertise and your level of competency has, has potentially outgrown that conversation. Yeah. You can grow with your customers that are, you know, now go up to, you know, three and 4 million in, in total, total purchase price. Um, you get a you get to become the a different expert, but your business doesn't abandon its no. initial effective model. What got you there? Right. And so so someone else covers that that marketplace, correct? Yeah. So yeah, well, and what you'll do is I mean, leverage out, you have a team and you'll be generating leads that you then dole out to your team and I could focus on, you know, my twenty percent listings. So it, how do you how do you then as as a business owner then who's crafting that brand strategy for you or or allowing you to be repetitive with all of your marketing because for me one of the things that I find is that social media is really time consuming it is and so how have you been able to find time to continue to do that so I time block for it um, another thing is as I grow um, I feel like there's different seasons in your career and so as I grow. A lot of this I've taken on myself, but um, eventually I've, I'm going to be leveraging this out. So, uh, but for now, uh, for me to do it on a high level, you just got a time block for it at a weird hour, and I schedule it all out, and I just try to be on top of it. And so, I just kind of want to rephrase what what I think. I, I took a bunch of notes actually while you were talking. And this is what I want to rephrase so that we can start to be more tactical in how agents can apply the effectiveness that that you found in your business. So initially you established who your consumer was. It was the first time home buyer. Right. You you then had to identify what their problem was, which was I'm they're tired of making someone else wealthy by paying rent. They had to meet the expert, which was you. Right. Um, and then you had to create some sort of um gap in where they are, which is tired of paying rent, and where they want to go, which is to stop paying rent by creating a call to action. Right. And through that call to action, you capture their contact information, which now you know takes them further through this funnel from awareness to to pain, and now to committed to taking action on it, or at least the initial step of it, yep. by targeting their specific pain. And then they have to um, look for a result that gets them to either a peak level of satisfaction or is a result in which avoids them having some sort of tragic event. Right. So, yeah, what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm trying to uncover what their pain is. It's masked in as their house or their apartment. I have to understand what that is. And then I have to give them a clear 
game plan as to how to move them forward. And I have to be able to identify whether they can do that financially or if and they're for willing to do it. Cause you know, some people call you and they, you know, so you just have to be able to be able to do all that on a conference on the phone and then set an appointment. So when I think about mistakes though, and how, how your business has differed from the businesses of other, either agents or entrepreneurs is that you were really clear. You started with niche. Yeah. I'm, this is the thing. I'm, I'm not a, like, I don't come from the real estate world. I come, I'm an outsider. So yeah. I come in with a different lens. And so by me coming in this way, this is just how it, it, my brain <laughs> works. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, that's disruptive in general though, right? Is, is you're, you're, yeah. you're continuing to think that way, whether you're even now as an insider, you're still disrupting the status quo Absolutely. of how, how the business is done. And, and so when you think about being disruptive from a social media standpoint, what does that look like? Um, what that looks like is just doing something like I've been doing this for a long, I've been doing this for six years. So I've yeah. been doing social media for a long time and it's been, it's been the top thing that drives my business. Yeah. And so in order, like I just, the very nature of what I did, look, I used to do, I used to do social media when I worked for a builder and that it was so new that the builder had a print off of my business Facebook page and had brought it over to legal because they wasn't sure whether or not you people were freaking out about so you remember that? That's how long I've been doing it. It is funny because when I hear you say I've been doing it for so long, and then you said six years, and I'm like, but that's actually probably like 70% of the lifespan of social media. Right? Like, I mean, yes, Facebook was out in the mid 2000s but no one, yeah. No, that's right. nobody was doing this. No. So what I'm saying is the very nature of what I did was disruptive. Yeah. And, and then now that, now that all eyeballs and all the traffic and the algorithms change and, you know, Trump is going to shut down TikTok or whatever that is, yeah. there's always something that evolves in social media or in marketing in general. How do you maintain disruptance without, um, without being reliant on an algorithm or a platform in the way things work? Consistency beats any algorithm. Yeah. Cause this is a thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Algorithms are really important doing ads or whatever. Those are really important. But Tyler, you said it earlier, three quarters of it is showing up. Yeah, for sure. Posting regularly and, and, and putting in the work and doing the work. So that's uh, every day. And I think people can even pick up on it too. Like the authenticity. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is starting to play a role in it as well. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Cause you end up creating more of who you're, who but you're hold on now. Is. We've been talking about, we've been interviewing me. And I'm not even on this list. You're trying to take, you're trying to, hold on now. You're trying to take all the time up. I was. Trying I got to be- a list here, you guys. <laughs> and there's a gentleman on here that's number 18. So yeah. I'm getting interviewed. Why don't you tell me? Well, you're, you're- yeah, no, I think this is interesting. So what you're referring to is um, the the top top real estate agents in uh, in social media list that came out yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, we, we showed up as the top, the top team, um, from a social media marketing standpoint, um, in Indiana and, and 
You know, one one of the takeaways I had from looking at the list, though, is that part of the reason why you don't show up on there and yet your results outpace um, most everyone there is because I think you targeted you target a more narrow, um, specific niche audience as opposed to being a generalist. And social media doesn't doesn't really reward the narrow yeah. band targeting the way that generalists do. Is you get the vanity metrics by being a generalist, you get the results by by niching down. Does that sound accurate? Um, I don't know. I I guess I think you need to do a little of both. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think that this is just a um a result of me not doing as good of a job brand telling Michael Bounds' story. Okay, so that's that's the that's the ideal thing that I think to jump off on, which is. If I'm if I'm going to be tactical and, and go back and teach someone how to how to be an effective agent or business owner, I would say then first you're going to pick your audience and you're going to be niche specific on that audience. Yeah. And then once you've shown some proof of success, now you get to start telling your story instead of what most people do, which is the other way around. And that's why the results actually don't show up most of the time. I get people all the time. They're talking about brand 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 no you got to put in the work then you get the brand that's right that's right you can't brand 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 no your brand is you haven't done anything yeah you know what we we if you actually you can go back and look i I didn't do anything publicly from a marketing standpoint or from a or sorry from a branding standpoint until until i was top five in the state from a result standpoint and it wasn't until we were we were the top KW team that we started to actually push that message because one it felt inauthentic two it right. felt like i was distracting from the actual job at hand right. which was i don't have anything to be authentic and talk about until i get the result first right and so the results had to come first right. for me and then we me could too. start to build a brand around it me too and and I, I know that you can work it the other way around. However, I think that uh, you're always best off to go results first and brand generation second. And and so where where we got strategic was, uh, and and where it's been effective, and and we've maybe even gotten a little too generic with things is we had a very clear target market and a and a clear message. And the reason why I say that we're the number one team on social media is because we actually don't even talk about real estate at all on social media. Right. And when I say that, what I mean is we we don't talk about real estate in the traditional conventional form. And there are zero houses or homes at all on um, on any of our social media platforms. Okay. Because our target market was actually real estate agents. Okay. Okay. One, because no one filled that gap at all and still, to, in so my not, opinion, does not. Yeah. And, and so don't go out and do that. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so um, no, one filled, no one filled that gap to start with. And what I realized was that I was completely out of time. Yeah. So I had a, I had a new um, pain point. And the pain point was um, I needed help. Yeah. And the help that I needed wasn't more customers. Actually, it was more people to service more customers who yeah. aligned with my brand. Yeah. And with the core value system. And so that's where Tyler and I went on this like brand building journey around having a message for real estate agents that were in alignment. And and truly, because it's been so repetitive in our marketing and, and in our brand building, is it's really easy. It is. It's easy to find people who are on board with the company and people who are not. 
Okay. And, and so it makes my job easier. So I, you know, I'm from a, from a leader perspective, I'm really more of like, um, uh, like I lead from afar. I'm kind of, um, Oh gosh, the army has a term for that. Um, and I'm, and it's totally, uh, totally, I'm going to take a pause on that shit. What the hell is it? <laughs> um, I just literally said, I was just thinking it this morning. It's like this. Um, oh, went off time. Um, so I don't even know where I was. So you lead from afar. Yeah. yeah but- so, so really, realistically, I think my leadership st- style is like a decentralized command, which Got is it. here, here's the, here's the end objective and how you get there is irrelevant. Right. I'm not hung up on the details of the perfection piece of it, which can be really frustrating for a lot of people. Right. Cause they be- want that. They want that whole roadmap because people want a path that's yeah. really clear on how to get to a desired outcome. And, and what I am more of is, is hiring people who align with the values and, and align with our company mission. And then through decentralized command by giving them an objective to go to, then we can go back and revisit it um, to talk about, Hey, how did you get here? What was your plan? Um, where were you stuck on this? This allows me to be more of a coach and less of a manager. Yeah. And so we built a brand exclusively on that. In fact, you heard it show up when we got here, when, when Tyler said, Hey, um, Kate wants to know about how to tweak these, these marketing things. And that's because reality was I gave her decentralized commands, which was, Hey, um, I have no direction, just here's the objective. And then when I didn't apparently like the outcome or suggested that, now we get to go back and revise it. Right. And now we could argue that there's wasted time. However, what you end up doing is you end up creating a culture of empowerment around people. Right. Because you've given them the goal and they have to put together the strategic plan. It takes time at first, but then once that's been established and they understand the results that you're looking for, that's right. then it's hands off. That's right. And so... So from a marketing standpoint, as far as like, why would, why would we show up on that list is truly because what I don't know, what I don't know still to this day, but I think I'm starting to get a lot of clarity on is how to find my target audience. Okay. Yeah. And so we've gone generic with it because there really has not been a great way to, to know who is the target market for a real estate agent who fits inside of what the company values are. Yeah. I think that social media is dope in that it sends to it tends to reflect you so you put yourself out yeah. there and then people like you come back so if i'm of a certain you know whatever um i tend to get what i you know you put out what you what you want and then yeah. you get back about the same so it's a really a, an empowering thing like that okay so i want to want to be really tactical about this then as we wrap up um and i wrote down a, a ton of notes from asking you questions and and doing some um you know digging on on being introspective around like what what kind of brand message have have we created that's been effective and then and then looking at your very niche specific brand um the first thing i wrote down for real estate agents and business owners to do is to identify the customer who is your targeted customer? And then once you have a targeted customer, now you have the ability to take the second action, which is to tell narratives. Right. So it could be like even like an area. It doesn't have to be a first time home buyer. That's it could right. be like a neighborhood. Yeah. 
that's yeah. the point that I was trying to make. Absolutely. That, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's actually how I built my businesses. I, every three weeks mailed, um, targeted narrative messages to one neighborhood of 500 doors every three weeks. And I think in the first 18 months, I, I sold 18 houses or so in that neighborhood. And, and what I did was I followed the same pattern every three same weeks thing. is every third postcard, uh, varied, but they basically recycled and they may look slightly different, but they told the same narrative, which was really specific to my ideal customer, yeah. which was someone in that neighborhood. You're brainwashing people. That's, That's right. it. Dude, I That's tell people right. all the time I'm brainwashing. Like, yeah. I actually will call clients and be like, "Look, I'm going to text you once a month. I'm going to call you. I'm just going to I'm brainwashing you so you'll remember who I am when I call you in three months." <laughs> and they'll be like, "Okay." That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, so with that, then was the third thing that I wrote down that that business owners need to do, which is be repetitive with that That's narrative it. and to that targeted market. And so, if you uh, take anything away from today's message, it's identify the customer. Tell a narrative and then do it repetitively. I do the same thing that people do with postcards and with mailers, but I do it with social media and I do it every day because people toss their cards, but every day somebody's on Facebook. Yeah. And so you're able to stand out by being repetitive and in front of your ideal market over and over and over. And, and hopefully that's the thing that, that agents take away, which is you have to create that framework of how you generate leads in order to create a brand and create a loyal following. Anything you want to add to that that's been wildly effective from a social media standpoint as we wrap up? Um, make it about them. Yeah. I make it against yeah. my, I make it about them and not about me. A lot of, a lot of agents and, you know, they'll, eh, and I'm, look at, you know, so just make it, and then it becomes more genuine. It does, but you're also creating social proof with that. I think you can do both too, by the way. I think you can make it at times about yourself and at times about everyone else Mm. while still, um, as long as you're doing it for social proof. Right. Well, I'll do it. I'm pointing at you. Look at what you did, but I'm pointing at you. So you see me. So, well, well, and you, if you, if you win an award or something that also creates some social proof, yes, it's about you. However, it also creates a level of trust and expertise in the eyes of the consumer. Absolutely. I agree. And so you, those are third party, what do you call it? Testimony or third party, whatever. Validation Validation. and through social proof, I think is what, what what works for you. So um, in conclusion, again, it's identify your ideal customer, tell a narrative and uh, be repetitive in the way that you tell that same narrative over and over and over through the eyes of the customer. That's it. Beat them up. It's been real. Thank you.